One to four. No. How about those footballers, eh? The leather spear. Spear! I would say if you add a, more of a danger element to football, just multi-ball or like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a game of pinball. If you hit a certain bumper, just all these other balls start appearing. The physical manifestation of that is a random fan running onto the pitch with no shirt on, isn't it? Just this ominous like sack of like hundreds of balls just sort of descends from the ceiling or some crane. Yeah, well, maybe if that happened, then uh, one of our boys could have got a penalty. Really multi-penalty multi multi-penalty and, <laughs> and then lots of gammon would have been upset and then ran around in the streets smashing stuff the day before the match even took place in fact you give people that want to smash up things any opportunity any any microscopic chance and they will maybe it was the ridiculous heat wave that turned everyone insane but i think they just had an innate ability to just go fucking ham on anything anyway <laughs> the gammons went ham fancy that <laughs> if you observe the You've got the helping hand that's actually helping. It's It's got long spoon and what's it, is it magnifying? Is it's it magnifying the nasal cavities. That's beautiful, Alex. Well done. Yeah, I rearranged my recording studio today as well because I'm a fickle bitch. I've still got a fucking ridiculous amount of lights around me. Is that? I, yeah. I just remind me of like a, any romance scene in a 90s film where they just have candles everywhere, like in the bedroom. <laughs> and just like, yep, this isn't dangerous at all. Why is this room 34 degrees? <laughs> Because it's summer in England. <laughs> My bedroom was 32 degrees the other day. 32! And that was with the fan on. It was just blowing hot air around the room. It was like, delicious. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I feel your pain. That's exactly how hot my room gets. It might be 32 or 34 at, say, 6 in the afternoon. But then it's only about 31, about 11. Only. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. You no, say no. That, that like you live in Greece. I was only 31 today. When uh, my fiance and I went to Greece a few years ago, we got off the plane and it was like, it's just as where you got here in the evening because it was 45 degrees. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> We're dying. <laughs> like, I got reintroduced to the Adele butter dance, which is fucking so dumb. It's just a woman, like, dancing on butter with high heels on with either, whilst the song Someone Like You by Adele plays. And then she just keeps falling over because the butter's melting. And like what it's the perfect mix of ridiculousness because there's a crowd and they're just so straight faced they're not laughing or even trying to stifle a laugh it's like i'm guessing that the the song was put over the top of whatever was there normally <laughs> but still a person was doing that in front of them no matter what the song was playing <laughs> couldn't stay away i couldn't fight it <laughs> that's some bullshit that's some real bullshit I'm getting my second jab tomorrow, which was a concern initially because I was going to have it after Bloodstock, which would have been a nightmare, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm having it before, which means hopefully be slightly safer. You'll, you'll have your two weeks for it to fully mature. <laughs> that is the thing, actually. England versus Italy is a meme going around where it's just the backstage or backstage or whatever you call it. In the <laughs> locker room. Either back before or after the back, games. all right. And it's like, this is the most Italian video you ever see. And they're all sort of like shouting in Italian and doing this and stuff. like. I can confirm from my short time I spent in Naples that people really do talk with their hands. And then the, us ignorant English people have appropriated it to do things like, yes, this is how you hold a brush. <laughs> I can't even do it because I'm not Italian. <laughs> that's why i can't do it and also bloodstock the tickets you got yours yeah boy i don't have mine yet but i got a notice yesterday saying they'd be dispatched finally i bought my ticket december 2019 and it's only just turned up i know they got a process where they dished them out a few weeks before oh you've got pubic parking as well you're gonna park in my pubics <laughs> i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of pubics 
a, a really uncomfortable amount of pubics. That's the back of my ticket. Enough about that, because next episode, we're going to be covering Bloodstock extensively. It's going to be the, the Bloodstock super spectacular special. It's going to be almost too intense. Speaking of intense, <laughs> shall we just get on with it? Yep, some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder. Some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with horrendous sound generic beat. Some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder. Some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder. Welcome back to Always an Adventure Podcast, the number one show that no one's talking about. I'm Sam. And he's Sam, but. No, I'm, that didn't work. <laughs> yes, Alex. And you're Alex. Yes. Let me that... sort myself out. Mild peril. Animated violence, um... mild. <laughs> Extended mild uh, violence. Some light terror. I'm trying to go on a diet. <laughs> terror me... diet. It's causing me to poo too much. Oh, incidentally, did you go for a poo? No, I think one's brewing. Are we going to have like a mid-show break where you need to run off and have a shit? <laughs> no, I'm, I've converted my chair into a commode. Oh, that's clever. Also really it's disgusting. Exclusive content for our OnlyFans. You get the B camera. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Bum camera. <laughs> Speaking of exclusive and disgusting content, uh, do you want to kick us off with this fucking hell, this question or pair of Could... questions? Ah, oh, jeez, these questions. <laughs> questions today thanks bella comes in swinging with a double header what's the weirdest thing you've masturbated to and if you were murdered where would you want your body to be found okay. is this related <laughs> she said i've got two questions this week so i'm assuming we have to answer them both okay i can't think of anything that i've tossed off to as especially weird per se i never used porn only to kind of laugh at really <laughs> so um but, you know, tugging off the old boneless snake was uh, a little bit easier when you were a teenager, wasn't it? Because literally anything would get you going. Like, side boob on an advert? Erection! <laughs> a girl talks to you in any capacity? Erection! I'm, any I'm, train I'm... of thought that lasts more than 12 seconds? Erection! A bus ride to the shops? Erection! I'm sorry, Damn. I don't really have an exciting answer for part one, at least. Um, I've got a story. It's not... A masturbation story but it is to do with that area of my body <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what have you done this time i was in the midst of receiving a fantastic blowjob when a dog walked in and stared straight <laughs> at me whilst i continued to have this blowjob <laughs> that was pretty fucking weird <laughs> what's happening here just gonna stare at you that's probably the weirdest thing that's happened whilst my dong has been stimulated <laughs> so what about you alex i wouldn't consider anything that's uh, anything particularly weird as a teenager pre-internet especially you're a bit like well where are the visual and sort of mental stimuli going to come from you get imaginative with what you what, what interests you let's uh, say so no i don't think i've had anything particularly weird well there you go we're not that interesting a vanilla stick up your pee hole <laughs> i imagine if the rapid flow test involved that sort of invasion <laughs> nose Bumhole mouth in that order. <laughs> it's important that we transfer bumhole germs to your mouth to make sure that it's somehow effective. You never go ass to mouth unless you do a rapid flow test. That's not how they work, everyone. Like, if you're not sure, it's just nose and throat. You don't have to put it up your bumhole unless you're into that. Hey, shoulders, knees, and toes. Shoulders, knees, and toes. 
And Some bomb bombhole japs. I oh no. So anyway, um, if if I was murdered, where would my body be found? <laughs> Swinging directly back to the left again. I think that I would like my body to be found in a deep fat fry in a fast food restaurant with a note pinned to me saying "Eat salad." Because <laughs> I like to think that my serial killer, serial killer. Wow. Okay. I like to think the person who murdered me would have a dark sense of humour, and maybe had a bit of a social conscience. So I didn't want like people eating crappy food so they're like look look what happened to this idiot he fell into the deep fat fry because he literally tried to eat the oil inside it and then died are you expecting there to be one a fryer big enough for a human being to be dumped in and two for them to have access to it well no i don't have to be completely submerged just like awkwardly stuff me in there like maybe even <laughs> chop my limbs up and like just plop me in there you know the notice tagged to your toe or something yeah so it's not being deep fat fried because i should imagine that would get destroyed yeah i have to coat me in beer batter as well <laughs> just coat my foot in beer batter just gently dip it in he's been triple cooked there was either that or maybe prop me up in a museum for a bit and see how long it takes for people to notice that i'm a rotting corpse <laughs> rather than an exhibition this waxwork is very very <laughs> very realistic why is it bloating over time in the museum of your imagination, where would you want to get dumped? <laughs> I'd wish to be filleted so I had no bones and then a sort of flap around like a wacky waving arm playing inflatable tube man just sort of somewhere like on the side of a cliff. Maybe just on the M1 or something. Just as yeah, just off a gantry. Just... Wacky waving inflatable arm playing flesh man. <laughs> we don't have a consensus there. That's just our answers, Bella. I hope you're happy <laughs> with the answers <laughs> that we have provided. You best be happy. Now get even happier because Alex is about to show us some bullshit that he's found on Facebook. Facebook swipey McDoodads. Where do we start with this? We can pretty much start anywhere and it'll be much better than what we just did. No runner. Apparently something wrong with the valve in the engine. The valve. But yep. then he says no runner. This is all in caps. Oh, it's £400. Pounds, a mere £400. Pounds. Well, unless they're being incredibly metaphorical and they're referring uh... to like a lack of runner as in the bottom rung of being in a creative studio is you're the runner. They don't have one of those, and therefore the valve of the engine is broken because no one can get their coffee. Or maybe it's just an engine for a lawnmower or something. Close enough. It's a whole car. £400? I say that like I'm surprised. I paid £350 for my Ford Fiesta flight, and it had a lot <laughs> wrong with it. And I had to spend about three times that amount just to get it basically road ready. For the princely sum of £400, you can have yourself a 2005 Audi A4 estate. If it's worth the fix, that's a pretty nice little runaround. I'd have that car, you know? It's probably it needs an engine rebuild. If there's something to do with the valves, it might be that the, the timing's gone and it'll need a rebuild, which is not a cheap job. But if you've got the space to do it yourself and it's not like you need the car going straight away. Yeah, it's like a project, isn't it? That 400 yeah. quid and then you spend another few hundred on a project. Yeah. Like it's got, as far as I can tell from the pictures, it's got some pretty decent rims. It's um, got wheels, it's got a roof, it it, it looks like a car, it has it four tyres. It doesn't look too rusty or anything. I mean, it's a German car, so you know it's going to yeah. be relatively decent. And the parts are going to be readily available, and so actually rebuilding the engine wouldn't be too much of a problem. You just need the skills. So yeah, as a project car. Well, welcome to our new segment, Two White Men Talk About Cars. That's one of the most sensible swipes ever, and actually very interesting. Size N, collection near Waitrose. Size what, sorry? Size N collection near waitrose i didn't know they did sizes in letters unless they were bras it's not even a number they're just <laughs> n 
Here's an N. That's massive. The cup size is like the size of the moon. Which way trace would it be? It'd be the one round your area, I suppose. Like, it's along the motorway, isn't it? I can't remember where it is. You go there more than I. The vigorous head shaking shows that I do not shop at Waitrose because. Have you got Waitrose anywhere near you? I don't think so. There's a John Lewis in town. I very rarely go there. You go there to go, oh, yes. Six ninety nine for a chocolate bar. That's very not reasonable at all. I'm going to go to Poundland. That's more my market. You know where you came from. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I've got. I'm still, I'm still Reggie from the Bronx. Talking about rocks, they're trying to sell a gold diamond and garnet three stone ring. Of course, that's how you measure rings. I should know that because I totally got a ring for my fiance. Forms an N. Forms an N. <laughs> that's a shit picture. What the yeah, fuck the is? Pi the picture is so weird. It's like, why you take a picture like that? And it's really dark. So you can't, and it's out of focus. The ring is out of focus and the fingernail is not. No, I'm sorry, you've not sold that to me. 200 pounds? Do you get the hand with it? You just get that one finger. Does it Painted produce nail. some kind of dizzying high for 200 pounds? It's a well, bit it's of metal you put on your hand. Precious stones. Next one is uh, some playing cards. Why is someone selling playing cards? Are those ones that you can get for, well, one pound, except <laughs> oh, at least they're not open. But they're... What the fuck is that? I think it's meant to be a number six or some weird squiggle. So, dear listeners, someone's taking a picture of these playing cards with some cloth or duvet cover, and it just has, like, squiggles and splodges on it. But it kind of looks like a stain. And then there's a yeah, blue blob it's... to the left as well, which yeah. looks like it should be there, but then the six does not look... We're guessing it's a six because it's been Maybe obscured. Maybe a stylized five, but, uh, yeah, it's it makes less sense. What is that ominous shadow that's covering like two thirds of the card packets? What is it? Some kind of monolith from 2001 or something? <laughs> it's probably their tablet that they're taking a picture with. Oh, yeah, good point. They didn't have the flash on, so yeah, it would cast a shadow. I was like, how'll that work? Me, no, <laughs> understand physics. <laughs> well, at least they're linen finished. Waddington's of London. I think I had a pack of these when I were younger. When I were younger. When I were a lad! <laughs> I've already got some cards, so no thank you. It's a tempting offer, but no cards for me either. No dice, no cards. Hello, does anyone have any helium balloons or anything going as really struggling at the moment? Please, thank you. Oh, they're really struggling, so they need some helium. But they've spelt helium, H-E-L-I-H-E-L-I-U-M. Hellhelium. Hellhelium. So they've created a new element. Hellish helium they needed. But it's they want these helium balloons or anything. Or anything. What does that even mean? Like... So they're desperate for healing balloons. Maybe that was their, this is a cry for help. They need healing balloons to get you in, but they're not, or anything, I'm struggling right now. Now, if you're struggling out there right now, you should probably seek something other than healing balloons. And definitely don't ask people on Facebook Marketplace. That's not a good place to ask for help. Anyone have and hell healing balloons? <laughs> it's all a run-on sentence, of course, our favorite yep. type of sentence. Stream of consciousness word salad. I guess you can do voice thingies now, can't you? So maybe that's a lot of mistakes happened because of that. Because my dad, he's still somehow got a Cockney accent despite not living in London for like 40 odd years. And voice recognition software does not like him. And he has to really slowly speak into it. <laughs> Go round your ass. <laughs> Go ruined ours. About 20 years ago when he first got a PC, it came with some voice recognition software, Microsoft Word. No, that no, was not useful no. at all because the technology was relatively new. If you're not using RP or if you don't sound like generic American, it'd just be like, what the fuck are you saying? So I ended up having to type everything that he dictated to me. So I was the voice recognition software for a bit. Fun fact. Anyway, back to Swipey's. <laughs> 
Clean bundle of 75 assorted old socks, all with holes at the heel. Two kilos weight of wool mixed fabric. I've been hoarding these for ages with a crazy thought that I could use them for some craft project. That's not going to happen anytime soon, so having a clean out now. My screen has turned off. That was a long post. <laughs> Hasn't finished. Uh -oh. Oh. <laughs> Free to anyone who can use them. Not fit for wearing. Collection only from Part Farm near Tesco. Did they say that they're washed? Just as they're holy socks. Yeah, the, the, the fact that they added a lot of detail but didn't say that they were clean. I'm slightly worried. Like, yeah, not suitable for wearing. I want this big pile of stinky holy socks out of my fucking house, please. <laughs> yeah, here, here's a two litre. Two litre. <laughs> <laughs> two litres of sock juice. There you go. <laughs> two kilos of just holy socks. Holy socks. They've been clogging <laughs> up my bathroom floor. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> holy socks. Unless they're literally holy socks as well, then uh, just donate them to a church. I'm sure they'll love... They can use them as, like, Bible that, covers or something. You ring them out. Is that where holy water comes from? <laughs> the holiest of juices. Mm. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilegious. Ride the walrus. Turbulent juice. <laughs> that would be turbulent if people just, like, splashed the holy water on their face and immediately vomit. And they'd be like, no, he's been possessed by Satan. <laughs> Get him out of here. Why does this keep happening? It's just gone off sock juice, which I'd blessed. You know, water's hard to come by. We're probably going to have a hosepipe ban soon because of the weather and stuff. You know, we've got to wring those socks out. <laughs> it's like the Eucharist. This little bit of bread is the body of Christ. This sock juice is the sweat of Christ. Hang about. They're wearing one of them. Just to show you that it is a sock with a hole in the heel. Well, they definitely haven't been... Well, that one hasn't been washed. We don't know the state of that person's foot. They could have athlete's foot or gammy toe syndrome or fungal so, toenail syndrome is what I meant, not gammy toe syndrome. Sorry <laughs> to anyone who's got that. You collect them and then throw them immediately in a fire, then everyone will be blessed. Oh, no, the smell. That must <laughs> okay, be... your neighbours won't be blessed. Yeah, they will be... Hashtag blessed with not being able to breathe. Do you yeah. think that's air you're breathing? Going from those holy socks... Let's go to a wholesome story in my local news for local people this week. Local news for local people. We talked last week extensively about drugs and crime. How many deals have you found in your car today? Uh, zero. But down the road from me is where this story comes from. It doesn't come from any news outlet. I actually went on Facebook and found it. And it was a little bit of a story behind this, actually, because I walked past a gym that's on the way to work. And there used to be a cat that used to be outside it and it's not been there for months. And then I looked and they had a little mosaic of the cat on the wall mm. next to the gym. And I immediately thought the worst and went, oh no, it's died. My fiance asked me about the mosaic of the cat. And so I searched it on Google and it came up with this write-up on Facebook by Robin Hood Gymnastics Club, the Facebook page. I'm assuming it's not actually the building that's writing this because <laughs> that would just be weird. <laughs> I am a sentient building and somehow I have a Facebook account. What are the ethics of entering into a building that is sentient to use equipment to get all sweaty and whatever? We could have answered that last week. The mosaic depicts a cheeky little cat that lived on our business park for years. At first, he seemed almost feral and kept himself to himself. But during one very harsh winter, about four years ago, he was distressed and crying loudly in the car park. 
I set up a little feeding station and began feeding him in the hope that I might earn his trust and get him scanned for a microchip to see if he had an owner. Sorry, I'm starting to get because I'm thinking about the building putting food out. <laughs> Let's let all of us imagine, dear listeners, that this is the building writing this story. <laughs> it makes it a bit less heartwarming, a bit more sort of weird, I suppose. But anyway. Sort of in sort of like a creepy Guillermo del Toro style way, like railings turned into hands and formed like a can opener and opened up a, a can of whiskers and poured it out. And the cat was like, okay, it's food, I guess. This went on for months, during which time the closest I got to winning his trust was that he would recognise me and shout at me from a distance if I was late with his food. Hey! Hey. Well, you know all about cats shouting. Your cat is the biggest shouter in the world. Then one day, when I was looking out from the window of my workshop at juicyglass.com, I spotted that one... <laughs> Do you want a moment? <laughs> Juicysockjuiceglass.com Oh, no. I'm sure that the two companies are related. They're definitely related. I wonder if they could pair up with tentacle toys. Or maybe they are one and the same. Juicy glass. Anyway, enough taking the piss out of this poor person's company. <clears throat> I spotted that one of the girls who attended the Robin Hood gymnastics and had been particularly gentle and patient was sitting with the cat snuggled up on her knee. Things moved very quickly after that. Moonbeam, we found out that was his name, became more confident. However, he had several different names. He would sit on the ramp outside Robin Hood Gymnastics Club, demanding strokes from the children and food from the adults. They named him Flapjack. Early in the mornings, he would hang out outside Garth's gymnasium until they let him in. They would open a tin of tuna and give him some fuss. They named him Bob. Sometimes, he would pad silently up the stairs to the yoga place in Nottingham, slip in and join in on a class. They named him Marmalade. Our lovely postman, Rich, brought him down a homemade waterproof cat box to shelter in. He named him Ginger. So pretty soon, every business had two bowls outside their door, one for food and one for water although he preferred to drink out of a dirty puddle created by a leaky pipe, as cats tend to do. <laughs> There's a reason behind that. They like to find the water source that's naturally occurring that's not dangerous to drink, and they think a, like a bowl of water is just like, sus. There was even a man who drove a very posh car that kept a case of gourmet cat food in the boot for him. I talked to the many individuals that would bring him treats and stop to give him a fuss and found out he was also known as Pumpkin, Luna, and Percy. Bloody hell, I had so many names. <laughs> I just called him the fluffy ginger cat. I didn't even have a name for him. I just called him, you're right, lad, or something. He goes by many names. Yes. Some who call him Tim. <gasps> oh, ah, ah, I just got cramp in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's so painful. <laughs> Those are cries of pain, not pleasure. <laughs> my fucking calf. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's like permanently tensed up. Ah! Be all right in a second. Hold on. Oh my god, that was so painful. <coughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Extended peril. All I did was like slightly move my leg to stretch it, and then suddenly it was just like pain. I was sitting cross-legged, and I tried to change my foot from this one to the top. A bit of toe action there, and it was just like you have been sitting like this for too long. Cramp. Have you considered pain? Anyway. Now that's over, where was I? Um... We all started to learn each other's names and stop and chat about this lovable rascal who was demanding food and attention from us all. I never gave him a name myself because I knew that somewhere out there, someone had probably given him a name, was missing him, was wondering what had happened to him. In August 2018, I arranged to borrow a microchip scanner from a friend who runs a wildlife centre. Wildlife. Because their, their life is so riled up there. <laughs> 
so we could try and find his original owners. That same week, I arranged to borrow the scanner. Someone posted pictures of the cat on the Nottingham Lost and Found Pets Facebook page. Astonishingly, somebody recognised him. He had been missing for four years and they'd never given up looking for him. His name was Moonbeam. The plot thickens. I'm not sure I'm saying their name right. Avis. It's A-V-I-S. Is it Avi or Avis? I'm sorry if I've butchered your name. Avis, his owner, came and picked him up straight away. I was pleased to hear that he had found his way home, but sad that I didn't get to say goodbye. I managed to find his lovely owner on Facebook and she sent me pictures of him looking very comfy and relaxed in his new home. However, five days later, Moonbeam forced his way out of a small window and disappeared. We posted pictures of him in lots of local groups and held our breath, hoping that somebody would bring us some news about him soon. We needn't have worried though, because three days later, he turned up back at the business park. <laughs> Very skittish and hungry, but none the worse for his adventure. He had travelled nearly three miles to get back and must have crossed some busy roads in the process. He must have loved that fucking gourmet cat food. <laughs> I want that water that comes out of a broken pipe. Nothing else will do. It doesn't hit the same. We're all very pleased and relieved to have him back safe. His very kind owner agreed that, as he had voted with his feet, he could stay with us. Things carried on as normal after that. A lovely local builder upgraded his shelter and made him one with proper insulation and vents to prevent condensation. He loved his new shelter. It kept him snuggly and warm. Avis used to come down and visit him frequently and we took him to the vets together to get him vaccinated and checked over. I would often find him holding someone hostage having jumped into their car for a cuddle. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> brazen lad. Or in the cab of a tradesman's van demanding that they share the ham or chicken from their sandwich with him. He was becoming something of a celebrity. Moonbeam would often spend hours curled asleep in my studio or in the gym downstairs. If it was wet and rainy outside or sometimes he just seemed to need somewhere quiet and safe away from the street because you know jeb ends unfortunate news in january 2020 when the reports of the coronavirus still felt like distant news avis contacted me to say she had been down to the business park to visit moonbeam and was concerned that he was unwell yeah i noticed that as well because he was there's a little patch of grass that he used to lay in and he was just flumped there and he used to get up when he saw me and sort of yell at me and come over he wasn't doing that he just looked fed up and i was like oh no something's wrong with the cat which is probably why I thought that he died. She ended up taking him to the emergency vets. The first is a series of very high vet bills as he turned out to be very poorly with pancreatitis. Moonbeam needed to be hospitalised and put on a 24-hour IV fluids and medication. We couldn't afford to keep him in the vets overnight so we began bringing him home to the owners overnight and dropping him back at the vets early in the morning, leaving it as long as possible before picking him up again so that he would get as much IV fluids as possible before bringing him home. He was very sick and wasn't eating or drinking on his own. The bills for various tests and scans began to mount up and we weren't sure how we were going to be able to keep his treatment going. Fortunate news! Avis had the idea of setting up a GoFundMe page. We shared the funding page with all the businesses and the business park in the local community groups. We were very touched by the outpouring of love and generosity for this little homeless cat. I think the total raise was something like £1,800, almost a full amount for his treatment. That is so heartwarming. <laughs> As Move Bean recovered his strength, the pandemic had started to hit. More and more people were working from home. Then, after the first lockdown was announced, many of the businesses had to shut and the business park became deserted. I was so pleased that our little cat was safe with his original owner because he lived for the fuss and attention that he got from everyone at the business park. Many of the businesses kept in touch with each other over security concerns or issues over receiving our posts, but most of all, everybody wanted to know how the cat was. <laughs> amazing the good news was that he had made a full recovery 
thanks to everyone's generous donations and was settling in at his new comfy home away from the street. During the difficult last 18 months of lockdowns, we've missed seeing our little cheeky cat. He softened the edges of our industrial space, brought us much joy and laughter and helped to bring us together as a community. I decided to commission this beautiful mosaic so that he would still be here in spirit to greet us every day, bringing a smile to our faces and reminding us to never give up hope. Thank you so much, Anna Dixon, for perfectly capturing the whimsical nature of our wandering boy. I thought with, you know, the crazy shit that we've been reporting on, sometimes you just need a really nice story about a cat that's well liked by so many. And it's personal to me because I've moved around to this area in 2018 and every time I walk to work, at first he would shout at me from a distance and he got more and more affectionate as we familiarised ourselves with each other and like, mm. he was just a lovely little cat and... And then when he disappeared, my walks to work became a little bit... <sighs> but it's nice to know that he's alive and they made an awesome mosaic thing for him. So Very wholesome. Yes. You're about to fucking ruin it by <laughs> bringing a completely awful, <laughs> shitty story about something. No, I've tried to avoid the... <laughs> yeah, it, like, it seems like if you, if you read the local news around here that literally Kent is turning into the world that Mad Max is set in. But anyway, my story is from June. Massive boy washes up in Hearn Bay. Was he the giant boy detective? <laughs> Residents are scratching their heads, wondering how a 15-foot-high boy washed up on a beach outside their homes. <laughs> it woke me up at 4am, <laughs> Yes. The massive bright red signal was discovered along the Hearn Bay shoreline off Central Parade this morning after being dragged onto the sand overnight. It's just there. It's just on the beach, just like, hey. Here's your boy. A boy. <laughs> Dylan Wolf who lives in nearby Prospect Hill, <laughs> what? <Dylan> Wolf! <laughs> it's Mr. Wolf. Was woke up at 4am when the flashing light from its beacon streamed through his windows. That must have been like, what the fuck is happening? I thought it was an ambulance on the seafront, the 57-year-old said. And then I thought it was some sort of vessel down there. I didn't know what it was at the time. I was surprised to see the boy later. You would not expect to see it on the seafront. Mr. Wolf, did he not think it was a full moon at any point? Get out. Mr. Wolf said he spotted Coast Guard teams standing next to the boy, which was originally placed off Reculver at about 8.30am. But he is unsure how they were getting the object back in the water. It really is massive, Mr. Wolf continued. You look at it and go, good God, how did it break loose from its moorings? So Trinity House, the organisation responsible for boy handling. <laughs> oh no! So Boy handling and surveying in UK waters has been approached for comment. That's it. They leave it at that hanging cadence. So, so what? They, they never got any comments from them. Like, I mean, what, no, where's the resolution the, the the Over a month ago, did it get back in the water? Did it find its family? D does this have like a Disney-like resolution or is it more like a... Are we like, in the third act yet? This is just the intro, isn't it? Like this is the boy washes up on beach. Yeah, but then does he go on an adventure and make friends along the way? I mean, this massive boy just like <laughs> sliding along. This <laughs> 15 foot floating monstrosity with a flashing light on it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we're going to sneak into old man Winston's house. Flash, flash, flash. Like, don't worry, he's deaf and blind. Oh, good. Hopefully he can't feel like his house toppling over as a boy tries to get into the front door. Why do you have to vibrate so violently, Reculver boy? <laughs> Massive boy. Oh, so, that, yeah, was, was, that was a lovely was, story. It was, was dumb. <laughs> it was dumb, but it was still quite wholesome because no one got hurt. Only like Mr. Wolf got confused. Because if you have a massive fucking light shining through your window at four in the morning, you'd be like, what is hap What is this bullshit now? It's not as if he had his car mistreated by a bag of apples. <laughs> Sorry, a load of apples. 
load of apples or like an aggressive onion or something. High-speed onion to the windshield. Energy drinks. There's so many out there. Pathetic imitators. Natural ingredients. Low-carb. Sugar-free. Get in a bin. Cease your wailing. Sock juice is here to turn your tears into syrupy power tears. Harnessing the foot sweat from the world's top seven athletes. Freshly squeezed. Sock juice imbues you with their pure unfiltered power. Run faster. Never take the bus again. Jump higher. Punch the moon right in the face. Swim harder. Become the tugboat you always dreamed of. Do maths. You are the calculator. Help the aged. You could do so many shopping trips. Comes in a variety of flavors. Original. Vienna sausage. Anger. Fruit salad. And limited edition crab. Sock juice. Sham it in your orifice today. In opposition to massive boys, the person who's asking this next question is not massive at all. Laluli comes in with another query. Ways to test your new potential employers to make sure they're not dickheads to work for. Oh, God. Um, you should get articles about this kind of stuff online about what red flags can appear in the interview process. Yes. Yeah, that's a difficult thing because if they're aware of it, they're not going to tell you the most sort of toxic parts of like say office culture they're not going to say oh yeah everyone here hates working here you, know, you think i'm a dickhead behind yeah. the eyes there's always the distant look so how's the manager and then For some reason one starts playing while you stare at them really i honestly wish i knew as well like what the red flags were because it is different for everyone and some people are better at hiding their true nature than others yeah there's a little bit of like you're trying to excuse the phrase sell yourself they sort of are selling themselves as well as being good employers mm -hmm. yeah so i guess it's things like if you're filling a position that's vacated if you can probe why the last person left then it might sort of give you some ideas of yeah they left because they hated working there sometimes it's wages sometimes it's other circumstances i've only really i reckon had two proper dickhead employers one was at W.H. Smith, he was a twat, he was the guy that crop dusted me when he walked past once. Like, Thanks. It was one of those ones that never took responsibility for his actions, like a customer complained about him once. I remember because he was being really unhelpful and then I turned up and then I was, I was just like, can I help? And I was trying to help. And then she started yelling at me because I wasn't very helpful. And he, he said, don't bother reading that bit about me, just read the bit about where it says you did something wrong. But you were the rude and unhelpful one and that's why she's not coming back here because you're the manager. And he tried to turn it around to me. And I was like, am I in trouble for what? Trying to help? That kind yeah. of finger pointing stuff is a load of old bullshit anyway. That's not a good management style. I hate it. And then there's the other manager. I won't go into detail, but you know I'm on about my first job when I moved to Nottingham. She was a complete fucking psychopath. Like never had anything quite like it, to be honest. When she was nice, she was really like on it. But then she would just turn on you. And that was mm. the worst. And then she wouldn't just turn on you. She'd turn on the whole office. Like, if you did something wrong, she would punish everyone for it. And it was so toxic. It was awful. Yeah, that's that's kind of like abusive relationship style crazies. I wrote an entire article about it. I might put that in the description of the YouTube, actually, if anyone wants to read it. I mean, that was a good way of getting over it. It was written six months after I left and I had time to digest the whole thing. And it was just it's some of the stuff. It may not be the most extreme cases. I'm sure people have experienced way worse workplace bullying. But like, for me personally, that was just kind of like, it's so bad 
after the first minor fuck up, that's when you usually find that the mask slips and then the lizard mm. comes out. We came to a consensus, I, I, did we? I can't remember. It, I, it, it can be difficult from an interview work out if someone's going to be awful to work with, unless they just are an abhorrent asshole. If you can talk to people that work there and find out what they really think of it, that's probably a good place to start. Or if, if you can see like a pattern of people leaving, if there's like a high turnover, then mm. there's going to be a reason why. If it's not terrible wages, it'll probably be because the people they have to work for are terrible people. Yeah, pretty <laughs> or, much. Or there's just hideous office culture that just makes things bad. The position I filled at that place I just talked about was because another person had left. He was training me up on his handover and he was supposed mm. to be there for two weeks, but it was only there for four days and then got let go because he did something wrong and the manager was rummaging through the bins trying to prove that he'd print something off wrong and then threw it away and she couldn't find anything. Anyway, just got to roll the dice. If you know people, I mean, it's really about experience. It sucks. But if you've had a shit manager, you will know about it and then you'll know what to look for. So really, before you get in, stuck into a career, it's probably worth just having a couple of shitty little jobs where you do have shit managers. Don't actively seek them out, but you will know them when they rear really, their ugly heads and then before you get into a career because there's nothing worse being in a role that you love with a manager you do not get on with. It's just, mm. it completely fucking kills it. A certain amount of managing up as well as managing down. Your relationship with your, your boss has to be managed in a way. And it's soft skills and all those things aren't necessarily easy or mm. universally sort of available. Yeah, I get on with my manager currently. He's well all right. He does... He's a creative like me, but much better because he did art. He makes music and he does album covers for the music and other people and commissions this, that and the other extracurricular activities he has. Whereas conversely, the other manager, I asked her, what was the last album you bought? She said, I can't remember, but it was on vinyl and it was about 30 years ago. Oh boy. No more music for you. I like listening to the radio was usually her answer. Point is, oh well. Lelouni. I hope you're in an okay job and that wasn't sort of like you going, I hope other people can tell me like advice or anything like that. But to anyone out there, just good luck. Speaking of red flags, I wonder what shit that Alex has got for me this week to have to fucking listen to. Prepare your ear holes for an oral spectacular. I wonder how badly I do today. In keeping with the last couple of attempts at this where you've been subjected to uh, covers, here are some more covers. Here we go with the first one. Before you said um, pop music, that kind of sounds a little bit like the intro to Thunderstruck. I wouldn't necessarily call this one oh. pop music. Oh man, that's really fucking familiar. The listeners at home are like, oh look, he remembers it, but he doesn't know what it's called. But I recognise that. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Oh, fuck, that's going to fuck me over. There's a one strike already. Next one then. You know when you say you choose like the most melodic bit of the song? When you chose Toto Africa, that wasn't the most melodic bit of the song. <laughs> the problem is that bit of melody is more than one second. So you just get like a Duh, and that's it. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, yeah. That's yeah. always the problem here that you've got one second to try and find a bit that actually is distinctive enough of that song to make you get what it is. Okay, sorry. I've, we've spoken so much that I can't remember what the, the second one was. Can you play it again, please? Is it even close to the style of the original? Like, have they tried to embody the spirit? Of I mean, it? you know, it actually is pretty close, yeah. It sounds kind of like a bit like Scar or Reggae, a bit like that. I'm not quite sure if I'm in the right ballpark, but... I'd say this, this artist was influenced by that kind of stuff. Okay. No, sorry, I can't, I can't fucking do it. <laughs> Just... All right. Onward and upward. Diagonal. Down. Oh. Can I have that again? 
My brain's just filling in the blanks, even though the blanks don't exist. That bit actually is a vocal melody. Okay. Alex, why do you do this to me? Why can't you just play normal versions of the songs? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Obviously, I'm shit at this. You, you might as well just... <laughs> you just like to watch me squirm, don't you, you bastard? I sort of reckon that... It's like... Could have saw my head in half and they just pick out the, obviously it's in here somewhere it's in the a clue? nose and then up my bum hole at the same time with the lateral flow test and then just pick yeah. it out that's the lateral part of it bilateral flow test my god <laughs> do you want a clue go on then the group recently split up it doesn't really give me anything the only group that i know that recently split up was slayer it does not it's not Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> blood da, 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 da. in which case i'm sorry i've Blank. Sorry. It's not Hotel California again, is it? <laughs> For fuck's sake! It kind of, I recognise the melody, but also you betrayed that because you started giggling when you put it on. You got Whoa. the one, the what one you always get. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he knows what Hotel California sounds like. I know what it sounds like in every genre by the end of this <laughs> series, I think. Like, Christ. Anyway. Sorry? REM, you losing my religion? No. Okay. Good effort. <laughs> uh, I think I know the melody, but I don't know what the song's called. Is it the one that goes... Is it that no, one? it's not oh, that. Right. In which case, I don't what? know. Is that, is that everything? Or is there still You've one got more? one more. Final countdown by Europe? It is. Yeah! Yay, I got one without any clues. First track was... Deutschland by Ramstein. Can I have a copy of that? That's a really good sounding cover. The next one is Englishman in New York by Sting. I think I recognise that one. Fair enough. The next one was Get Lucky by Daft Punk. <laughs> In reflection, kind of hard to get from that. It's uh, Numb by Linkin Park. Interestingly enough, uh, always got a story about listening to music whilst in the shower. That was on the playlist this morning. I actually skipped it because oh, I've heard this song so many times. <laughs> All right, let's listen to everything that I got wrong at the same time. <laughs> Bloody hell, I went into some kind of weird Zen interpretive dancing then. That was beautiful, Alex. Um, I'm glad that I got two. That's like, you know, 
one better than last time, even though technically I reckon I only got one because one of them was Hotel California. Does that even count anymore? <laughs> I'm having real You're trouble always... with my lights here. Hold on. <laughs> Please hold. I really actually enjoyed that one, especially like apart from the Sting one, which I had no idea what it was. All the others were musics that I like and I could have got if I just thought a bit more and were you, actually good at this in any if capacity use, <laughs> if you use your brain i do use my mind brain sometimes mind brain no work so most of them came from a ukrainian pair who play like traditional folk music but also they do covers i know where you get your things from now i'm going to do my research <laughs> no that would be cheating <laughs> I'm, I'm going to research the entire internet you're some kind of hive mind or something you connected <laughs> to the pigeon hive mind glued to your body so after listening to various plinky plonky reimaginings of songs our next question is about reimagining of food navi asks everyone argues about pineapple and pizza but what unexpected foods would be improved by the addition of pineapple I think we need to define what unexpected foods are in this capacity. <laughs> is it food that we don't expect to be food? Is it food we're given that's unexpectedly? Or is it like an unusual pairing? What if you put pineapple with an even bigger pineapple? No one would expect that, would they? You can't just cut the same innards of the pineapple up and put it inside because that's cheating. Could you get a really big pineapple, core out the middle and put a smaller whole pineapple in it? <sighs> like a Russian doll pineapple. Just keep going a, until you just end up with the tiniest little pineapple. Except it'd be just a lot more spiky. And just eat it whole. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple is quite a versatile bit of kit, really, isn't it? You can sham it on anything, you know, like your car windshield or shoes to make you go faster. It doesn't need to be for eating, does it? They're just the right size to put on your kneecaps to protect them from corners of doors and such. Obviously, you'd have to keep replacing them. Maybe they'll dry out. And I didn't think this through too well. And also wasps will get attracted to them. <laughs> Isn't that a good thing? Don't you want waspy knees? Or the band Wasp will be attracted to them. <laughs> get off my knees, Wasp. Don't you sign your autograph somewhere. Go away. Leave my Del Monte trademark. Finest knees. Trademark. Finest asterisk. Knees. Trademark. <laughs> Copyright. Patent pending. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Get out of my head, you dick. Patent pending pineapple. Pe -pe 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 trademark. Peter Piper picked a peck of... Did he pick a pecker? Well, he, and then he got put to prison. So put to prison. He just got <laughs> gently smushed just, into a prison. We're going to force your body into the side of a prison. The prison's going to write a monologue about it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, we've completely veered off course of this. <laughs> so, um, it's gassy ants all over again. <laughs> I like pineapple, and I'll put it on pretty much anything that didn't taste. Maybe pineapple and marmite. I'm going to test this, and I'll get back to you next time. We bought some chili marmite. I tried a bit. It is chili and it is Marmite. Meat Daddy bought some and he said 404 chili not detected, but I can taste the chili, <laughs> so maybe he's just got a numb mouth or something. The highest of tolerances for the spice. Chili is his signature dish. I've been told on numerous occasions, I want to try some of his chili. If he can just put not meat in it and then I'll have his meatless chili right in my mouth. <sighs> just slowly like as a... As Nessun Dorma plays or something. Listen to some Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, that's Sun. Sun and Hans Zimmer together at last. Sun <laughs> <laughs> Zimmer. It would just be Hans Zimmer songs that are 12 minutes long. So, so is there any particular food? Where <laughs> well, I think it adds a certain something and a bit of sort of body to like a sweet and sour. So I'm quite partial to the pineapple as well. It's Unexpectedly, more application of a sort of a sweet and sour, but with the the chunky pineapple onto things that maybe you didn't expect but i don't know what sweet and sour slop in a lasagna that could work 
Again, mm -hmm. I have a jar mm -hmm. of sweet and sour sauce and I have lasagna sheets. We will do our research and get back to you, Navi, with this one. Cool. This is not the last you have heard of our response to this. It requires homework. We will return with results next time. Next time, whenever that time is. It doesn't mean next week, it just means next time. You perceive time in a non-linear fashion, right? But we've already covered this. It's possible. Both yes and no. Yeah, we have and we haven't. But we're also doing it right now. So we are and we aren't and we have and we were. Shall we move on Let's. to something that were rather than is? And it's a story that I'm going to tell. Can I go for a pee? Right. She would take a piss break. Time for a drink. That's what she wants. Oh, that's more appropriate, I guess. He's doing a wee. Even though it says on oh, my screen, he's doing his shit. Maybe weeing is like doing a poo, but out your willy. It's not the same at all. It is in the sense that you get rid of waste. It's still excreting. But when you spit, are you still getting rid of waste as well? So is that also like pissing and shitting? Just anything that leaks out your body is like shitting. You heard it here first. Pooing is everything. My God, how long is this piss? Is he doing like a Austin Powers style? Haven't pissed through the entirety of cryogenic sleep for 30 years piss. Or maybe he's going to get something random out the oven again. I return. Hey, finally, crikey. Did you? I was just talking to myself for ages. I don't know how long you've been there just listening to me just fucking chatting shit, but Christ. I've only just come back. Are you refreshed and ready for this week's story, Alex? And also the audience. I hope they are also ready for this story. I am. Have you painted eyeballs on your eyelids so you can go to sleep without me noticing as well? Yes, that snoring sound that's just my nasal cavities. Yes, I have a condition. I have a heart condition. If you hit me, it's murder. I have my non-lemon weak lemon drink. That does look like you've just pissed in there. It's not. It's a squash. It's a squish. Or is it pineapple juice? Mm, getting ready for later. No, it's not pineapple juice. Getting ready for later. Lubing yourself up for the pineapple. Oh, little Nicky suddenly comes to mind. <laughs> no. Don't want it to get out of hand. Unlike my story, which is about <laughs> a party that I threw that very much got out of hand. Just doing a shit. Pitch of the scene, August 2005. My parents left me to house it whilst going on an extended break to Scotland for their wedding anniversary. This was the first, and indeed last, time they'd allow this to happen, for reasons which I will now reveal. Oh boy. <laughs> they hadn't even headed off yet before I began planning a house party, sending out invites via MySpace's bulletin system. Remember MySpace, kids? You don't, because you're probably too young to remember MySpace, or you've deleted it from your system. Your system! You've flushed <laughs> it out your system. You got the pineapple juice and you just flushed it right out your system. There you go. Place pineapples on your eyes for 12 hours and then you... You forget about MySpace. <laughs> Listen to Wasp as loudly as possible and it just erased it all from your memory. Listen to a Wasp cover band that are all made of wasps, so you can just hear this <laughs> in the background as well. Good morning, Mr. Wasp. Due to them returning on the Friday, I scheduled this homestead hootenanny for Wednesday. Wait, a house party on a Wednesday? Yeah. Mad uh, lad. Luckily, I had friends who didn't care if it was a school night or not. If there's booze and music, they'd be there. On the Tuesday, I titled the house up to an almost unrecognisable degree. As usually, it would be full of my dad's clutter and building stuff. You've been around my house when I lived there. It was just like, oh, look, mm. I'm tripping over a skill saw that's in the middle of the <laughs> living room for some reason. Why does this wall not exist anymore? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> not that it would stay clean for long, mind you. Sadly, my friend Rettis couldn't make it. His, he had just moved to Nottingham. And with Peanut and Roberts on holiday in Cornwall, it meant that three of my closest pals couldn't bask in this debauchery. It was my mate little Phil's birthday that week though, so I rode off that hype and managed to get around 12 people to RSVP. 
for Phil's sake, if not my own. Come the day itself, I had little time to prep, what with work and taking a driving test, which took up most of my day. <laughs> Fun fact, kids, I failed. Even funner that... fact, it was my eighth attempt. <laughs> oh, wasn't that time when it was really foggy and then you just failed? No, it wasn't that time. That was when I was at college. You remember that because you were there and Vince was and there. <laughs> Tony was there. I suck at tests, but I didn't allow this to crush my spirit, nor did my friends when I broke the news. Instead, thrusting a can of ale into my hand, offering condolences. If anything, it made me even more determined to host a fucking excellent party. Nothing will go wrong at all. It yeah. will be a great party foreshadowing. I gather up my mates and we walked toward the bus stop. I planned to ride my bike home whilst they all boarded the rickety 312 bus to Wittisham. I managed to beat everyone back to the village, though was surprised when more people alighted than I'd anticipated, some of which I was less than impressed to see. These lads, of which there were three, Miles, a known troublemaker, both at parties and in general. His criminal record and generally shitty behaviour were why I didn't invite him, but he was dating a mutual friend whom I had invited, so you can't just say, sorry, your boyfriend can't turn up because he's a dickhead. Yeah. But in any case, I did not trust this man. Jay, a colleague of mine, he was quite clumsy and boisterous when he was drunk, so that's what sparked concern. Also, it turns out in the era of social media, he's quite racist. I didn't know that at the time, obviously. <laughs> I knew him, but I didn't get on with him, but I think he just turned mm. up because he finished work and was just like, hey, all of these other people that I know are at the bus stop, we're going to Reg's house. And this is the one I had the most problem with, some random 14 slash 15 year old who vaguely knew somebody who was going. And it turns out years later, he became a registered sex offender. So my mistrust was well placed. This was many years after the party. It wasn't because of the party, but I was just like, you know when you can tell that something's off with someone and you have that sort of guard up with them, but you don't know why, and then it turns out mm. that they're an awful person? That. Against my better judgment, I simply allowed these three to tag along. Plus, they caught the last bus in either direction, and I wasn't going to let them walk five miles back to town. Quite. Spoiler alert, this was my undoing. Getting everyone inside my house was quite interesting, because my grandparents lived just across the road and were told to look out for any suspicious goings-on. As such, I shepherded everyone over the back garden fence before issuing a strict no going outside the front door to have a smoke. This, of course, was routinely ignored. Sadly, these foreboding portents resulted in a pretty fucking stressful evening, to be honest. Miles was the first to break the no front door rule, so I shepherded him out to the back garden post-haste. In said back garden, some girls had decided to start a wrestling match on an old greasy piece of tarpaulin <laughs> slathered with washing up liquid. It was the very essence of pikey chic. My dad used it to cover up his motorbike, so it had grease on it. It was like a grey piece of tarpaulin. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> so, this greasy piece of tarp, you know what it needs? More grease. And some women fighting on it, apparently. They came indoors after a while and tracked dirt everywhere, which triggered a series of increasingly stressful events as I tried to stop everything from getting out of hand. More nonsense ensues. Yep. During a brief period where I let my guard down, the 14-year-old idiot came running outside to tell me that Jay had accidentally smashed the ceiling fan whilst dancing to jump around, to be fair, as instructed. I ran into the living room to find him and several others picking shards of frosted glass from the carpet, resulting in people cutting themselves. Not safety glass, so it's going to be yeah. sharp as fuck. In my quest to find the first aid kit, I happened upon Johnny H turning to greet me and knocking my dad's favourite pint glass, which I swear I actually hid away, off the sideboard. I watched in horror as it struck his foot with a sickening crunch, taking a sizable chunk out of the glass and probably breaking John's toe in the process. 
Ignoring his howls of pain, I cleaned the glass up, grabbed some plasters, fought back a stress-induced meltdown and headed outside for some fresh air. No sooner has I set foot outside did an incredibly wasted Miles stand up on a very rickety bench to greet me, only to break under his considerable weight, sending him smashing into a large ceramic garden ornament my mum had recently bought. <laughs> so he just <laughs> Benny healed it right up there. I stood there dumbfounded, almost unable to process the absurd domino effect of calamity at this point. Secondary to this, he'd managed to graze his way through almost an entire 24 pack of crisps, which reminded me I hadn't actually eaten yet. Beelining for the fridge, I consumed one of the pre-cooked chicken breasts my mum had left for me, failing to factor in her warning about them only being good for two days. This was day four. Oh. They tasted okay, so I wasn't too fussed. Having filled my belly, I began to relax just a little, so I headed into the living room and danced about a bit. This was the first and pretty much only time I actually enjoyed myself that evening. <laughs> then, at the most inopportune time, my parents decided to phone up. They asked me if everything was okay, to which I lied, of course. They even joked that I'd best not be throwing a party or something. To <laughs> Why would I do that? No, I actually deflected with a quip that I did invite everyone, but nobody wanted to turn up. After a tense few minutes, they hung up, so I let out a huge sigh of relief and rejoined the chaos. <sighs> what had happened in the time you had this short phone call? I think somebody spilled their beer or something. Whoa, careful! No! <laughs> fucking! Despite it being an absolute fucking disaster in almost every way, there were some lighter moments dotted throughout. They're not funny, but they're less disastrous i guess <laughs> there was someone trying to ride a unicycle failing to do so and tumbling over in what was a truly comical fashion it was just like like when somebody clumsily falls over really slowly and it was just like that they crumpled where did the unicycle come from my dad collects tat it was a train uh. unicycle with two little skateboard wheels on the front of it so it wasn't even a full-on unicycle because <laughs> it, it would be quite the setup that someone on the bus had brought a unicycle just so they could fall over at some point pratfall style people were passing around a Carlsberg crate that somebody just cut eye holes in it and they put it on their head. I think they were spinning people around and playing some kind of tag game and or drinking game. I didn't really know. I didn't get involved because uh, I was the host. Miles carrying around an open umbrella indoors, though I guess this is more of a damning act if you believe in superstition. Little Phil, who turned up late and was completely trashed, passing out shortly after arriving. This made him a target. At what point of the night was this? Was this even night time yet? Uh, this was midnight. So we sellotaped his mouth shut, stuck a postage stamp to his forehead, shoved a tampon up his nose and repeatedly hit him with fly swatters until he finally woke up. <gasps> oh! You're 20, Phil! You're 20! <laughs> We're such nice people, aren't we? So everyone had passed out by about 3am. So I went to bed only to find somebody else was in my bed. Suffice it to say, I had a crap night's sleep and had the joy of going to work the next morning. Oh, fuck. And I, I did an 8 till 12 shift, which isn't too bad, but getting up at 6 or half 6 just to sort of get myself ready was not fun. And people were did still you... dotted around the house. The loads of people had stayed like, oh, I'll just deal with this later. I'll just leave him here. I returned home from a surprisingly okay day at work to find Jay had tidied the house up for me. What, lad? Mm. The guy that I thought was going to be a problem actually wasn't really a problem he kind of helped i was incredibly relieved that the house was tidy and empty temporarily forgetting all about the various damaged items so at around 4 p.m my stomach was beginning to complain that i hadn't filled it so i grabbed one of the only bags of crisps miles hadn't eaten yet <laughs> and scoffed it this was ineffective though seeming to have an adverse effect on my innards and making me feel a little bit nauseous i waited it out hoping for my gut to settle it seemed to just keep getting worse and worse and worse mm. And by 7pm, I was feeling so shit, I just went to bed. What followed 
was an evening of pure agony as my body rejected any and all matter out of both ends, completely annihilating the recently cleaned toilet. Jesus. I, I had abdominal pain so intense that even the weight of the bed sheet resting on the top of me just felt like someone was stabbing me. It was fucking Bloody awful. Hell. I visited that poor suffering toilet many times that <laughs> evening until I literally had nothing else to give. Dry heaving, it turns out. It's really fucking painful. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It it's, sucks so bad. I stuffed some painkillers down my throat, hoping that it would numb some of the agony that had grown so intense I began to cry. I eventually drifted off through exhaustion at about 3am. Lesson learned, kids. Don't eat gone-off chicken, no matter how tasty it looks. <laughs> it <laughs> took a little while to get to you, but boy, did it yeah, get to you. Yeah, it had to be that because somebody else had a little bit of the chicken and they felt kind of crappy, but I had a whole chicken breast and I felt like... Well, <laughs> like that. I still went to work the next day, though. I felt a little bit better, actually. It's like it got it all out of the way in one evening. It was just like, fuck you. Returning to find my parents had also come back from their trip. In any other circumstance, I would have been pleased to see them. But judging by the looks in their faces, I felt that warm welcomes were off the table. What happened to the fan, Samuel? My mother queried in a grave tone, suggested she had a very good idea what fucking happened. <laughs> Conflating fact with fiction, I told her one friend who I'd solely invited over accidentally broke it. She stared at me for a long moment, said, <laughs> very well, got up and left the room. My dad was a bit more chilled out than my mum. He was telling me about their trip when my mum's cry of, oh my God, came from the kitchen. She had found the dozens of empty beer bottles that Jay had stuffed into our outside bin, which I had consequently forgot to relocate due to having food poisoning and everything. Whoops. Further investigation led mum to find the broken bench and the garden ornaments. Amazingly, my parents spared me the royal bollocking I expected and indeed deserved, albeit in a I'm not mad, I'm disappointed kind of way, which is somehow worse. In fact, they were actually banking on me throwing a party because I'd never had enough friends in which to invite around because I was a loser. And they thought this would be a good chance for him to do it before he starts college, just to sort of get it out of his system. They yeah. did not bank on the fact that my friends are utter, utter nutcases and just end up destroying everything inside. Actually, when they called up, they were fully aware as well. When they knew that a party was happening, because my grandparents must have gone, there are lots of lights. I see people popping out the front for a cigarette. There seems to be things happening here. On the whole, they were relieved that the place didn't get burnt down. Nothing was stolen and no one died. I managed to recoup the damages from those responsible. Miles actually stepped up and apologetically threw money at me without even being prompted. So... That was good of him, I suppose. He clearly had a conscience after all. The only one who didn't pay was John. But considering the damages I surely caused during his housewarming party, I thought, you know, just leave it. You know, he's not asked for money for all the shit that I fucked up at his house. So <laughs> waive that debt. Unsurprisingly, I decided to bow out of being the party host moving forward. It wasn't just the damage. It was the stress of making sure everyone else is having fun, which in of itself is very draining. Though I had been drinking that night, stress and anxiety sliced through the effects, leaving me an exhausted mess, mostly. Being the one creating the havoc at someone else's place is more my style anyway. After all, I've been doing it for years, so why change what is clearly a winning formula? I've had house parties since which have been far less disastrous, but that was like the first one and I fucked it up. You've got to learn somewhere. The training wheels on your unicycle need to stay on at least initially. Also, bits of that ceiling fan light were found much later through reaching under furniture and coming out with a bleeding hand. Oh, look, glass. Yeah, that, that was 16 years ago. And you've been to house parties of mine since at this very house and they've been 
Similarly disastrous, really, I suppose. <laughs> Things getting broken and vomit appearing on floors. Who put this vomit here? Someone comes around uh, when everyone's asleep and just adds damage. Speaking of the clutter that fills up our house, mm. you appear to have consolidated all to one single room. So why don't we just no, right. look around and see what we can justify today? It's the time that Sam gets me to talk about shit. Well, massively, I've actually thought about this and I want to show you my... this. Oh, is that a rasp of some kind? Yeah, it's a saw rasp. It's basically saw blades stuck together. Bloody hell. I think hell. it's neat. So what in particular have you used it for since? Well, you use it just like a normal rasp, as in for shaping. It's got a, a coarser side and a finer side. You can see from the there's bits of wood on it for just... Yeah, you can take a lot of material off of this because it's like six or seven saws at the same time. You could it do cuts. a lot of damage with that as well, in a pinch. Take off someone's flesh, take the flesh off. Yes, Just... it would not be fun. Well, it kind of also looks like, I don't know what my initial thought was, maybe it's because I'm hungry, it was like, it's, it's some kind of grill. You could just, like a really narrow grill, you could cook one sausage on at a time. Well, you can then saw it into small pieces. Yeah, you just you press it through, waffle stomp it. Oh no, that's something different, isn't it? That's where you do a poo in Let's the shower. <laughs> Let's not go there. I went there. I've never done that, by the way, just as an aside. I've never stamped my poo through a plug <laughs> hole, creating some kind of horrible Play-Doh effect. You've also got the sort of whole, now that you've done that, you've got the shitty foot and like literal crap between your toes. And it's like, no. You'd be in the shower. You just wash it off. I mean, if you had to. I mean, if I was to shit in the shower, it'd probably be diarrhea. That problem solves itself. Fair enough. Needs no stomping. No stomp applies. <laughs> yeah, you just let it sluice. And I go at a rate of knots. Yeah, anyway, so that was a really good rasp. I enjoyed that rasp. Yeah. Let's go back to it's, that. Yeah, it's just, I just think it's really neat. Does that have to now go up on your display table with everything else? If we end up doing this for like 100 episodes, that's gonna, <laughs> just going to end up having this huge pile. Pile of shit on there. Very good. Over to my right here is my bookshelf which only has two books on it and a lot of other clutter not setting any precedents here but if the roles are inexplicably reversed one week i have some clutter that i can justify not that that will ever happen i don't know why i even said that please ignore <laughs> that i ever said that you hear nothing you say nothing but you're looking in the wrong direction and you end up walking into a bit of furniture and stubbing your toe stubbing your toe fucking hurts that's why you need some sort of defensive armor like pineapple pineapple crocs <laughs> get on it speaking of feet and they're protecting thereof <laughs> our final question today comes from ginger bean and she says is it physically possible to stub your middle toe without stubbing the ones surrounding it yes have you done it i think she's asking have have you done it what's considered the middle we're taking all five toes so it's well, the, the it's the middle one the one in the middle of your five toes the third one in <laughs> no matter which way you go how many toes do you have if you think about your fingers you don't necessarily always consider your thumb that's your middle finger though isn't it that is your mid like one two three four five yeah. it's your middle your middle digit yes your yes middle yes toe. you can well have you done it no i haven't like everyone i've stubbed my little toe countless times i've got a big toe and then a second big toe because it's taller than my big toe but then you've got your little toe which is obviously just a buffer <laughs> it does nothing i've never consciously stubbed my middle toe i don't remember hurting it in any capacity other than it rubbing against a shoe or something because of the height of it it's kind mm. of protected by those surrounded it's incredibly unlikely but you could in a very contrived setup where you have like this very pointy corner of a wall or something. It's you... unlikely, is what we're saying. Mm. But it's physically possible, which I believe was your question. A lot of things are physically possible, injury-wise. You just have to be very specific about it. Like, you'd have to actually aim your foot in a certain way to get it <laughs> smashing on that table leg. Table. And today, I'm going to stub my middle toe.
And today I'm going to get cramp in my left leg and scream <laughs> for about 10 minutes. There you go. That was a short answer, wasn't it? Yes, you can. Yes. That's it, really. We can. We can. We've got to the end. We cannot. Can, can. That is it for this week. You can find Always an Adventure on YouTube to see our ugly, ugly faces. Or Spotify, where our ugliness is probably still quite palpable. Tasted through the airs. If you head over to Twitter, AAA underscore Alex Sam, much poo awaits. Although I haven't, I didn't do a poo update today. I just told people about, what did I tell people about today? Maybe do a post-recording poo update. I put, after much deliberation, Sam has decided to quit using green screen until he can learn how to (laughs) implement it correctly. We're ready at 11, hashtag episode 12. And not only are we doing the usual requestions, but we'd love it if you could provide stories about festivals that you've been to. These will be included in our very next episode. The more disgusting, the better, by the way. Uh, maybe not yeah. so many about Portaloos, because we've already asked this on our social media, and a lot of people have been talking about Portaloos and how... We know they're, they're gross, they're... okay? We want to hear about campsite they're... stories. They really stick in the mind. Yeah, well, they stick somewhere, don't they? Facebook, we use that too. We are the sentient building to the Facebook monologue. Drink from our leaky drain pipe of newsfeed. Drink deep, <laughs> and then go, oh, this isn't very nice, and then wonder why your stomach hurts, and then have a six-hour vomiting session and pooing bilateral flow bilateral (laughs) flow test don't forget have a bilateral flow test thank you everyone who submitted quite bizarre questions this week we seem to be returned to form no conspiracies (laughs) of religion here apparently we really do appreciate it we we love answering these questions no matter how fucked up i mean look at bella's we managed to star that out that is really it for now see you next time for some very special guff 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 play take care take care and most of all, take care. Horrendous sample face monstrosity with the generic beating thunder. Horrendous sample face monstrosity with the generic beating thunder.